From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. I want to begin discussing the transformation that is taking place in our society. We have literally Orwellian events going on right now. And it's really strange as you observe some of the things that are taking place and not just observe those events but also as you listen to certain people especially certain people you thought were supposed to be representing you you're kind of wondering hmm how did that happen things that would have provoked outrage five ten twenty years ago no big deal anymore I've said plenty of times on this broadcast that my views are very libertarian. Live and let live. You know, and where this line is drawn for me is on an issue of life and death, like abortion. For the most part, I really don't care what you do in the privacy of your own bedroom. Frankly, it's none of my business. Now, if you are trying to compel me to celebrate what you're doing in the privacy of your own bedroom, that's a problem. And then we have the other line where I have to draw a line, and it relates to our children. I think so many have warned us for so long about what's happening to our children. And I, I think this has to come down to the responsibility of all of us as individuals, our own failures as parents, as citizens, and allowing people to essentially take our children. Maybe in many cases we're giving our children with phones, media. This is another red line for me. I'm curious how many of you are familiar with the, well, what should be a firestorm over a luxury fashion brand and some ads they did with children. What's disturbing about this is the lack of outrage. This is the kind of thing that really ought to be universal, but it's spotty. And I would dare say, even coverage of this is spotty. So what is this all about? Breitbart has a story about this, about the growing outrage, and yet how Hollywood is remaining largely silent on these BDSM-themed child ads from Balenciaga. The liberal Hollywood elites 
They're getting called out on social media for remaining silent on these disturbing ads featuring children holding teddy bears clad in bondage outfits. The ads also included a document referencing a U.S. Supreme Court case involving child pornography. I think you understand there's a level to which some of these folks are actually trolling us. They're basically getting in your face and saying, look what we're doing. And you're not going to stop us. So far, Kim Kardashian, the only celebrity to publicly address the matter, proclaiming that as a mother of four, she was shaken by the disturbing images. Despite that, however, Kardashian has refused to completely distance herself from the brand, adding she's reevaluating her relationship <laughs> with Balenciaga. Meanwhile, model Bella Hadid, actress Nicole Kidman, singer Dua Lipa, I don't know if I pronounced her name correctly. They all starred in Balenciaga's fashion show, have remained silent on the matter. Additionally, Kidman has even refrained from deleting a photo she posted to Instagram from a Balenciaga campaign. Hadid, on the other hand, has deleted an Instagram carousel featuring several photos from a recent Balenciaga campaign, but has yet to speak a word regarding the brand's BDSM-themed child advertisement scandal. Other stars getting called out for their silence. Kylie Jenner, Khloe Kardashian, who attended the Balenciaga show in Paris last month. Actress Salma Hayek, whose husband, Francois Henry Pignol, is the CEO of Caring, which is the brand's parent company. <laughs> what a surprise. French actress Isabel Huppert, who appears in two photos from the campaign in front of the Borman's book, is also silent. Meanwhile, Euphoria star Alexa Demi, yet to remove a Balenciaga ad campaign from her Instagram feed, despite growing fury among her fans who are flooding the comment section of her post with the hashtags Cancel Balenciaga and Boycott Balenciaga. Rapper Doja Cat, who attended the Balenciaga show at Paris Fashion Week, yet to say anything about the children holding bondage-clad teddy bears in the brand's ads. I think you get the idea. Many on social media now pointing out the apparent hypocrisy of elite liberal celebrities. They're quick to cancel others, namely conservatives, while they remain silent on the exploitation of children. Which I think most normal people would consider one of the most egregious offenses one could commit. One Twitter user wrote of Jenner, their silence prompts accusations of hypocrisy among a Hollywood elite that refuses to denounce its own. This Twitter user writing about Jenner, Khloe Kardashian, Demi, Doja Cat, and Hayek. Posts not being deleted, not condemning what they did, but boycotting the World Cup. This is hypocrisy. 
You notice how you notice how this this boycotting thing works. See, it's easy to boycott something. We don't have any skin in the game. This person saying both are extremely wrong. When it comes to money, celebrities are blind. <laughs> Others are also noting how banks are willing to drop some people, but have so far refused to touch the Balenciaga issue. I guess you only get canceled if you're a conservative. Another social media user declared. Others are wondering why Balenciaga's app remains on Apple's App Store, while the tech giant is threatening, guess who, Twitter. <laughs> Apple didn't threaten to remove Balenciaga from the App Store. They threatened Twitter. Makes you wonder. Still on the App Store. But Apple wants to remove Twitter. Once you understand this fully, you'll begin to understand what's actually going on. We'll have more thoughts on this, and I'd love to get yours as we continue the broadcast. Back on the broadcast. Your thoughts are always welcome. The Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And on that text line thus far... Vince, the things that people are saying, doing, teaching, thinking these days would end you up in jail or the loony bin only a couple of decades ago. (laughs) Now this nonsense is celebrated. Hard pass on all of it for me and my family. Well, that's good to hear. Another texture in the upstate. Silence is acknowledgement. I think you're meaning not just acknowledgement, but approval. Vince, the left can't condemn what it secretly admires, promotes, and participates in. The sexual revolution opened a Pandora's box that leaves each generation with a desire to get more outrageous. Pedophiles are now getting a more toned-down designation of minor attracted people. That one blew my mind when I heard that. The sexual revolution caused a sexual addiction that requires more perversity to get that high. You're absolutely right. That's what's happening here. There's no end to this. Vince, I've always felt like there was a soft spot for pedophilia amongst the powers that be. Think about it. Child molester gets a few months in jail. Then is free to harm another child. An angry dad blows that worthless bastard away and gets years. Sick world we live in. Jeff, you are correct. And this texture saying, I believe God is exposing the emptiness in the virtue signaling. This ought to be quite evident now. Quite evident. And we have the perspective of Carrie Baller. She made an appearance yesterday on the Megyn Kelly show addressing this. This is someone who has actually participated in modeling. As an adult, former Miss USA, and right now, an activist as a mom. Now, I'll tell you what, when you're a mom, it changes everything. And certainly, whatever she would have been outraged by even years ago, well, it's even more intense now. Here are her comments about this campaign from Balenciaga. Her characterization of what she saw in her conversation with Megyn Kelly. Listen up. Uh, 
This is Kerry Baller. Oh, let's see what's going on here. Apparently, apparently we uh, don't have that audio ready. I definitely want you to hear what she has to say about this because it really goes to the heart of really the heart and soul of who we are. I think that that ought to be quite evident, quite evident to us. Uh, do we have it there? Oh, okay. Apparently, there is some issue with that, and we will make sure that that is in place. You know, one of the things that that I've tried to communicate here, and I, and I want to make this very clear, that I'm a person who very much is not interested in coming to you every day with some cause for outrage to get you all worked up and angry and all of that stuff. That's not the point here. I think most importantly, it's for us to be aware and for us to take action where we can to make sure that there is justice, to make sure that there is raised awareness and sensitivity and conviction. These things are really important if we want to maintain a civil society. We've got to. Now we've got the sound here from Ms. Baller. This is Carrie Baller. Um, I saw this, this posted on Instagram before Thanksgiving, and I, I thought this had to have been a mistake. I mean, the fact that Balenciaga, this huge fashion brand, and I used to model, so I remember photo shoots and things like that. Nothing like this would get past a huge company like Balenciaga and for them to say, oh, we didn't know about it. No, they knew exactly what it was. It's pedophilia. It's grooming of our children. And I want to know, where is the outrage by the left? All the people who posted the black square during Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd protests, they were quick to post and denounce the, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that. But now all of a sudden celebrities and elitists are completely silent on this. So I am calling to cancel Balenciaga. We want to see them completely wiped out. Um, what they did was was disgusting, despicable, and every person, man, woman, parent, everyone should be outraged about this. They certainly should. The question is, will they be? Will they be? This person on the text line saying, Vince, is this any different than the Israelites, what they did? And they were sacrificing their children to the god Moloch. Also, this minor attracted people need to catch a case of rapid lead poisoning. Ouch. That's pretty harsh. We got guys kissing guys on TV. They're going to hell in a handbasket, which is a good lead-in to where we're going next. Because I'm talking about the changing landscape as it relates to our morals, our ethics, and how we're at a point of Orwellian thinking. And it's not just Democrats, folks. It's Republicans. For instance... I have, to, I have to ask serious questions about a Republican who's voting for a bill called Respect for Marriage 
that accepts anything other than a man and a woman being married? I'm just raising this as a question. How can they do it in the first place? So yesterday, we were telling you about the Religious Liberty Amendment that our good friend Mike Lee was attempting to get added to this legislation. His efforts to do that failed. His purpose was very simple. It was to protect religious organizations, because now people can come along, and let's say I'm a priest, and I'm gay. And I want to make sure the church cannot fire me. This legislation, on its face, it protects me. Marriage is legal. What legal basis do you have to fire me? Who cares? What the church says, be damned. I have a right. Folks, do you realize what's happening here? We are turning the federal government loose to be able to enforce this Across the board, without protections for religious liberty. Zero. Now, some of the people who voted for this claim that the protections are already there. I seriously doubt it. You're going to hear from Mike Lee and his comments on the Senate floor as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. Goodness. Not sure if I want to read this text. Oh my goodness. I'm serious. I'm reading some of these texts here. I'm like, can I even share this on the air? You know, I just want to tell you folks, and I, I get it. Some of you are, you've got a very strong sense of contempt toward, toward people. And I think it's especially a sense of betrayal you feel from certain politicians who've told you how wonderfully conservative they are. And they are full of something that ought to be left in the toilet. And I'm serious about this. I am sick and tired of these people. But I'm also sick and tired of many voters out there who don't have the sense in the primaries to turn these people back, no matter how much money they put out there. And no matter how popular they are. If they've already shown you who they are, by their record, why vote them in again? I mean, did you see what's her name up in Mer- Lisa Murkowski got reelected up in Alaska? Why? Now, I'm very excited about the fact we've got an upgrade coming here in North Carolina in terms of the U.S. Senate. It's a definite upgrade. But a good part of the time, we keep sending the same old people with a horrible, same horrible liberty scores. And when I say liberty scores, I'm talking about their actual voting record when push comes to shove. Not what they're saying on TV when they're running for office. It's nauseating. Then you have people who have to fight for their political lives, like Mike Lee out in Utah. Turns out he won pretty handily. But Romney and company and others were trying to take him down. And you understand why. Because he's shown them to be a bunch of lying hypocrites. Most of the Senate Republicans are worthless. They're worthless. 
starting at the leadership. And they're going to put that senile old turtle right back in office again. Mark my words, it's going to happen in January. I'll be right back in office. So I'll be able to keep things moving for American people. Why? Why, why, why? Anyway, (laughs) over on the text line, this person was wanting to know who that was. Not sure who you're referencing here. Vince, have you heard Herschel Walker's speech about the bull and the cows? Yes, unfortunately, I did. You're going to hear... Hear me talk about Herschel Walker Walker a little bit later. I'm just going to give you a preview, folks. Prepare yourselves for a loss in that race. A part of me hopes it doesn't happen from a political standpoint. If you've got somebody who, I don't know how to characterize Herschel Walker, I really don't. But if he's the only thing keeping a socialist out of office, God help us. How can anyone take you seriously when just last week you were screaming about gay marriage or poly marriage and today you state what you do in the bedroom has nothing to do with you. It's hypocritical. What are you talking about? Can you not make a distinction between law and libertarianism? It's one thing. It's one thing for me to say what you do in the privacy of your home is none of my business. It's another thing. When we take the federal government, we collectively are embracing and putting a stamp of approval and saying, this is now marriage. Before it was a man and a woman. Well, now it's okay for a man and a woman, a woman, a woman. And I'm telling you, once you open that door, you cannot close that door and say you can limit the number of people. And you won't be, at some point, able to limit the age. Yes, pedophilia. I think it's a matter of time. I really do. That's the point that I'm making. So if you don't understand that, feel free to call in. We can have a conversation. Vince, I knew Tom Tillis would step up to the urinal. (laughs) This person referring to Tom Tillis as a low-breed, white-trash opportunist who's been a disappointment all his political career. Just John McCain wannabe doesn't realize Chuck Schumer is laughing, laughing at him behind his back. Just a disgraceful and pathetic excuse for a person. Wow. Alan out of Gastonia. I don't think he's a fan of Tom Tillis. (laughs) Welcome to Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what happened to those cities. It's just a matter of time. And I want you to understand, and I'm not defending Sodom and Gomorrah here. You have to understand, please don't use that story to refer to sex between men. Because that is whitewashing what the story was about in the scriptures. It was about rape, homosexual rape. So don't forget that. I just want you to understand that. Because this... Gets into very dark stuff, folks. Very dark stuff. Person wondering, what about the parents? (laughs) Letting their kids be in that ad. Thank you. (laughs) You do a great Mitch the Tax Mooch. (laughs) 
Vince, that last texter was a typical liberal troll, unable to distinguish between law and preference. You, you did it so well. You made that distinction so clear. Law and preference, two totally different things. The definition of insanity is thinking overwhelmingly voter fraud is not happening. You keep thinking we lose election because we're outvoted. <laughs> Come on, folks. Got to get off this stuff. Vince, it's all about relationships between each other, not the term marriage. Just organized religion versus the state. Whoever wins isn't going to change what's in anyone's heart. Yep. Won't be long. There'll be somebody marrying their dog. Hey, why not? Why not? <laughs> anyway, I want to get to Mike Lee on the Senate floor yesterday appealing for this amendment before they pass this so-called religious liberty amendment. I mean, this so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Is this Orwellian or what? Respect for marriage? What marriage? Let's listen to Mike Lee and his concern and his appeal. Why wouldn't anyone want to deny the federal government the authority to retaliate against individuals, nonprofits, and other entities based on their sincerely held religious beliefs. Think about that for a minute. Why wouldn't they want to deny that very power from a government that may wield it in a way that is categorically abusive? You know the answer to that question. You know the answer. And the Republicans who voted for this without the amendment, shame, shame, shame on you. It's disgraceful. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. You know, one of the things that I uh, have, I hope I've been very consistent about. I, I am very solidly convinced we're absolutely not going to legislate ourselves back into wholeness in this country. It's just not going to happen. That's the reality. The things, the kind of change that we need in this country, in this society, it's really got to be personal. It's got to be relational. It's got to be, <laughs> dare I say it, a divine work. It really has to be. I mean, we are... Do you recognize... I'm just asking you what, what you see, what you're sensing. Do you recognize the decline that's taking place here? The impact of progressivism. And we can look over at the other side and look at the Democrats and talk about, you know, all these progressives. All we want. Folks, look right within our party and what we have accepted and now celebrate within the tent, within the camp. Just think about it. Squad to a call from Robert here in Charlotte. Good morning, Robert. Welcome. 
Hey, Vince, I appreciate you taking my phone call. As always, a good show. Um, enjoy listening to you. Uh, yeah, the moral decay in this country is getting worse and worse, and I don't see it getting any better, to be very honest with you. Uh, I see, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I see the day coming where pedophilia will be absolutely normalized uh, in this country, where it will be socially acceptable behavior. I hope I'm wrong when I say that, but uh, I really see you, you were talking about that earlier. Um, as far as uh, these politicians, and I, I would have to say all of them, uh, the only only way you can stop them from stealing our money is to go with term limits. And they've been talking about that for years and years and years. And uh, to be very honest with you, I don't I don't think that's going to happen either. And uh, um, but once again, I always uh, enjoy listening to your show and uh, look forward to um, seeing you hopefully at the the. Uh, bike uh, thing for John, John Hancock is doing uh, for the uh, Christmas for the kids for Christmas. Absolutely, absolutely will be there. And have, you know, to touch on to to go to your point uh, because I don't want to lose this. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to have to come down to a convention of states, Robert. I mm-hmm. don't think voting, I mean, think about it, Robert. Mm-hmm. Do you think these politicians are going to vote for term limits? No. The only, the only way you're going to be able to do this, to accomplish this, is from the outside, to use a mechanism like a convention of states, to where the states basically rein in the federal government. Because if, if you don't do it that way, it'll never happen. Never right. going to happen, Robert. Right. You're exactly right. And, um, no, they, they, these politicians are not going to cut off their own hand that feeds them. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a sad state of affairs in this country. Uh but you know, I'm 63 years old, and it, you know, and I'm, I try to stay positive. But I uh, feel sorry for these young kids uh, that are that are coming up now because um, it's my generation uh, that has left them uh, with a dumpster fire for them to have to deal with uh, oh, in boy. the future. And uh, I hear you, Robert. Uh, it all comes down to a lot of it comes down to greed um, and uh, things of, of that nature. And, yep. uh, and greed. Like I, said, I really appreciate you taking my call and i look forward to having a chance to meet you hopefully and uh, say hello to you sounds good i certainly look forward to that as well thanks very much for your call there robert this texture says term limits happen at the ballot box well occasionally it happens this person says vince if tom tillis would run again i would not vote for him i would either vote third party on that ticket or i would vote for my neighbor's dog I assume you don't have a dog of your own. That must be the reason behind it. <laughs> uh, that must be the reason. My goodness, folks. I want to just reiterate what I was communicating before about libertarian ideas and the importance of influence. And I think this, this now more than ever is important for us. And how we engage and relate and have intellectual conversations. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Somebody sent a text in. Oh, I do want to respond to this. Because it goes to the point I want to make here. This person says, I'm not a liberal troll. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Does that include babies that are aborted, by the way? Do they have a right to life? If you're doing isn't hurting anyone it makes you happy how can anyone say no you call yourselves conservative but still want to keep pushing a christian viewpoint this isn't about pushing a christian viewpoint this is about pushing a nature's viewpoint 
Read the Constitution. Read the Declaration of Independence, where it talks about nature's it talks about nature and nature's God. There's a recognition. There's something distinct about a man and a woman. So again, if you want to deviate from that, that's fine. But if you're trying to use the state to redefine stuff, that's where I have to say no, 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 no. The government should not be in the business of redefining marriage. That's all I'm saying. If Jack and Bill want to get together and they want to call what they're doing marriage, that's them. But if I'm in government and I put my stamp of approval on that, that becomes me too. That becomes my endorsement. Don't you see that very significant leap? And then if you put me in a place where if I don't celebrate and endorse that, I could face legal consequences. Folks, this is madness, is what it is. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness. A thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast, and we begin here with an item on the text line. Response to our conversation last hour. This texture says, if this law passes, will pastors who refuse to marry same-sex couples be breaking the law and can be arrested or their church be penalized? I don't know. Who knows? I'm not trying to scare people here. But I think there's some mystery here. Which is why you had Mike Lee trying to provide some protections. Religious liberty protections here. Which apparently a number of senators did not care about or they thought that you know everything's going to be fine just trust the government trust us <laughs> Vince it looks like Kerry Lake lost fair and square as well as Oz but it's a good thing to know no fraud happens right I guess we just didn't vote hard enough <laughs> I detect the sarcasm there and I would just say I'm just telling you folks, I'm appealing to you, get off of this 2020 election stuff. And I think this is much more personally damaged. The, the irony of this, I, you know, when I see Carrie Lake, when I hear her, she's a very compelling person. I think the baggage from her association to Trump and this rigged election stuff. I think what that was her undoing. I think there's enough of a margin in that alone that she probably would have won that race. Dr. Oz, that's another story. I'm just not sure that he came through loud and clear in really identifying with the people of Pennsylvania. Keep in mind, the guy's a carpetbagger. Not work for Hillary Clinton. But not so well in Pennsylvania. He always had a tough hill to climb there. But I also think there were a lot of unforced errors. 
These are the things that get us in trouble. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later on as to why I, I, I'm just, let me, this, this, this may sound like a contradiction. Do what you want, perhaps to help Herschel Walker over the finish line. But at the same time, recognize that there are so many self-inflicted wounds in that candidacy. I don't want you to be terribly surprised if he goes down next week. I'm just saying. First, I want to talk about economic issues as if our energy issues are not bad enough. Now there's a warning that a strike by U.S. railroad workers, which could happen, could have dramatic impacts on energy delivery. Industry groups now warning of logistical snarls and price increases for consumers. Shocking, isn't it? Supposedly, the president and Congress are scrambling to avert a strike. Would predominantly affect communities where commodities are brought in that can't be transported by pipelines like coal and ethanol. A number of energy trade groups have vocally lobbied for Congress to step in, warning a strike could be devastating to their industries, and certainly to you and your pocketbook. Jeff Cooper said in a statement, Jeff Cooper is the Renewable Fuels Association president and CEO. Our country's ethanol producers rely greatly on the railroads to move their products to market. And if the nation's trains stop running, the nation's ethanol biorefineries stop running as well. We need a resolution quickly. So the 400,000 plus jobs supported by our nation's ethanol industry and the rural economy itself will not suffer the dire consequences of an interruption in rail service. Yet another potential issue here. More than 95% of domestic ethanol supplies manufactured in the Midwest. So it requires rail transport to have you states like Texas and California. More than 70% of ethanol produced in the U.S. is transported by rail. And the last five years, American railroads have transported an annual average of almost 395,000 carloads. The ethanol plants themselves, meanwhile, rely on rail transport for about 25% of the grain used in production. I think you get the picture here. One oil company communicating the biggest impact is actually on the delivery of ethanol to the terminal logistics and distribution system. Because gasoline contains 10% ethanol in every gallon that is sold, it becomes an integral part of the supply chain, without which supply shortages will develop. That's all we need, right? Now, this guy's saying the existing ethanol stockpiles contain enough that it's possible a short strike could come and go without affecting consumers. They're saying this window is about 10 days. However, as those delays progress and get extended, we find the terminals will run out of ethanol, consequently will not be able to supply their consumer demand for gasoline to be sold at the retail service station. You know what that means, don't you? Price increases. Twelve unions representing railroad workers have spent nearly three years negotiating a new contract with rail carriers. The members seeking sick leave, more flexibility in schedules, and a raise. 
You remember, union leaders agreed to a Biden administration brokered deal earlier this year. The rank and file of four of the five unions, well, they said hell no. And without a deal, a strike could begin December 9th. In case you're wondering, that's a week from Friday. The workers saying, we don't want to strike. We want what's just. So, just a heads up about this. The hope and expectation is that there's some resolution that comes here, and maybe one that's imposed here by Congress. They can get involved here and bring it into this thing. We will go into further details about this after the break, but there's a changing the guard that's about to take place in the House. Nancy Pelosi and her lieutenants are on the way out, and there's a new crop of leadership emerging in the House. Who are these folks? And I think it's very interesting. You know what's really telling? That you've got a changing the guard in the Democrat Party. And what are we doing in the Republican Party? Well, we've got a little recycling action going on. The next person in the chain of command just moves up. Now, this guy isn't necessarily a fossil. Like a guy over there in the U.S. Senate. A guy named Mitch McConnell. You know, the turtle-headed guy. But the problem is, this guy's not conservative. In fact, I don't know what the guy believes. I don't know what he stands for, other than himself. Anyway, we'll talk about what's going on in the Democrat Party as we continue the broadcast. Also, I do want to give you a heads up about what's taking place in Georgia. Early voting is already underway, by the way. And I'll tell you what. The Warnock campaign, they have got a brutal campaign commercial that's running right now. I'm going to play it for you, and I want to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. I will get to your calls here in a moment. But I first want to tell you about what's happening in the Democrat Party. House Democrats ushering in a new generation of leaders. I've mentioned him before on this program, Representative Hakeem Jeffries. He's about to become the first black American to head a major political party in Congress. With Nancy Pelosi stepping aside... AP characterizing this as a rare show of party unity. After midterm election losses, the House Democrats expected to move seamlessly today from one history-making leader to another, uniting around this 52-year-old New Yorker who's vowed to get things done. I love that phrase. Actually makes me want to barf. Even after Republicans won control of the chamber. Jeffrey's telling reporters on the eve of today's vote, it's a solemn responsibility we're all inheriting. The best thing we can do as a result of the seriousness and solemnity of the moment is lean in hard and do the best darn job that we can do for the people. 
Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> We've had that conversation, haven't we? Jeffries goes on to say it's rare the party that lost the midterm elections would so easily regroup and stands in stark contrast with the upheaval going on among Republicans who are struggling to unite around Kevin McCarthy as the new House speakers. They prepare to take control when the new Congress convenes in January. Wednesday's internal Democratic caucus votes, they're taking place behind closed doors today. Jeffries and the other top leaders expected to win by acclamation without any challengers. Here are some other names you're likely to become more familiar with in the coming days. The trio led by Jeffries, who is poised to become the Democratic minority leader, includes 59-year-old Catherine Clark of Massachusetts as the Democratic whip, 43-year-old Pete Aguilar of California as caucus chairman. The new team of Democrat leaders sliding into the slots held by Pelosi and her top lieutenants, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer of Maryland, and Democratic Whip James Clyburn of South Carolina, as the 80-something leaders make way for the next generation. And I say, let's do the same thing in the Senate. That would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's going to happen. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Let's go first out to a call from Ryan here in Charlotte. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Vince. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Same here. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say I know I know things look negative right now, and you know we're some of us are trying to stay positive, and you know it, it's, it's, look, it's looking bad, and a lot of these things are going to take over, and they're they're going to be somebody might be marrying their dog one day or or burying their own child, for God's sake. I mean, I mean, we don't know what direction you know it could go, but all, all I can say is this. Um, as much as I don't like what I see right now, um, something I think that all of us Christians need, you know, need to remember, need to understand is that this has been talked about. You know, biblical prophecy, you know, all, all of this was talked about, how, how bad it was going to get. You know, this was all talked about. That's the one thing that makes me not get but so upset about it, but, but also know, that when these negative things happen, you know, God says over 300 times in the Word, He says, fear not, and He also says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So all, all of this will will win. I, I mean, it'll win for a little while. It'll take over. But then the Lord, you know, we just stop, stop depending on politicians and us voting on people to try to change how we think it's going to be the first one. When the hand of the, of the Lord, when the hand of the Lord comes down, and all this evil and stuff falls, or things start to crumble the way he the way, the way it's supposed to, the way he wants them, then we'll all see, you know, we, we, we did win. You know, this stuff lasted for a little while, but I don't think it's going to be permanent, because once once the Lord gets involved, he says, fear not, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I don't care if you're Texas, Texas or anybody want to criticize me for what I'm saying. I don't <laughs> care. You know, I've got the Lord on my side. I'm just saying what I think we all need to hear, and this stuff won't last forever. You know, thanks very much, Ryan. Always good to hear from you. And it's a great reminder to us that this is ultimately temporary. It really is. It's all temporary. And the people who are celebrating what they think are victories, you know, they're victories for now. One day this will all be set right. And that's very true. 
out to the sprawling metropolis of Fort Mill and Stan. Good morning, Stan. Welcome. Hi, hi Vance. Hi. You were asking a while ago a question about oh, Lisa Murkowski. Like, why do people continue to vote for people like that? Um, and you'll find that true at the Senate level. And and here and here's why. If you look around the country, thirty of the state legislatures are controlled by Republicans. Only thirteen of them are controlled by Democrats. So when the original constitution was written, it had a provision that the state legislatures should appoint the senators. Right. If that were yep. true, then probably approximately two thirds of the two thirds of the Senate that will be controlled by Republicans. And I will bet you that if you pay, if you look at the tension, I'll bet you that there's more money from outside of Georgia and more pressure outside of Georgia to control that mm-hmm. Senate race than actually within the state of Georgia. So. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me the least bit. Uh, they're really well, counting on this, aren't they? Yeah, that, and that's true. So, so undoing that amendment basically placed the senators being able to work for, at the, for the federal government at the federal level. Yes. And they, and they control federal policy and the money. Yep. So that, that removed the people's control. So if we ever do have a convention in the states, what we need to do is repeal that amendment and let the state legislatures appoint the senators. That way the senators would actually represent the states. You're right on the money. You know, I love good thinkers like Stan. I very much appreciate your call. And this is one of the this is one of the ways the progressives have advanced their cause by getting rid of the selection of senators by states. So the states really don't have representation at all. This was intentional, folks. This was intentional. It's easier to get to them through Washington, the lobbyists. See, if your senator is screwing up and you've got a legislature that is sensitive to your needs and they're getting calls, boy, they can recall those senators. It's like, okay, you know what? Your services are no longer needed. Now what kind of recourse do you have? You don't have any. That person's elected one year in and the person's a total screw up. You're stuck with that person for five more years. It's diabolical is what it is. (laughs) Diabolical. Still to come, we're going to talk about the state of Georgia and you're going to hear the devastating ad. I think it's a very clever ad that Raphael Warnock has put out to challenge Herschel Walker. Who knows, it may be even a death blow. That much more as we continue on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. Stay with us. continue our broadcast I want you to for a moment just forget about political labels and I want you to just listen to this particular commercial I'm about to share with you as a just as a viewer you're sitting down and you're putting yourself by the way I want to set the table here What the Warnock campaign did here, very effectively, Raphael Warnock, their campaign basically got people to sit 
in a room and watch a bunch of clips of Herschel Walker at campaign events. And they have found really the most unflattering pieces of audio they could possibly find. And they've played them for these people, just allegedly random people. We don't know who they are. For all, they, all we know, these people may work for the campaign. But this, this commercial really is effective. And it's an example of what happens where you become your own worst enemy, where you provide unforced errors and an opportunity for your opponent to just beat the hell out of you. Here is that commercial that's airing for Raphael Warnock, basically mocking Herschel Walker. You ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. What the hell is he talking about? Is he serious? Is he for real? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? What is he talking about? I never about? knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. Oh, my gosh. He's talking about vampires and werewolves right now. Yeah, y'all serious about this, right? So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field. What? This cow. And three of them are pregnant. There's no substance. There's nothing. So you know you got something going on. It makes me want to laugh, and then it makes me think we're in trouble. But all he cared about... He's kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that had been blown to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. This video is ridiculous. That's 35 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Why would I want someone like that leading the state of Georgia? I was good at it beside the phone over to China. Bad air. Unbelievable. So when China gets out good air, their bad air got to move. It's all the same air. Not only does it make no sense, I don't even understand what he thinks he's saying. So it moves over to our good air space. <laughs> and now we gotta clean that back up. I sit and watch these on Twitter and I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Like literally, what is he talking about? He's completely unqualified for this really, really serious job. No one's watching this and being like, oh man, that guy's got it together. And sometimes like I read through the comments because I'm like, is anybody actually understanding, or are we just sitting here wasting time? It is embarrassing. Let's call it what it is. It is embarrassing. They just care about getting a yes man. Somebody that had just punched the button. I think it's a risk to me and millions of Georgians to put this man in a position of power. Let's call it what it is. This is embarrassing as hell. At all. I mean, well, you know. <laughs> By the way, the last woman who's it's an old black woman. And she literally gets up out of her chair. It's like, I've seen enough of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, that's an effective commercial. It really is. Because I'm sure these observers work for Warnock. They might very well. This was very well produced. I really have to hand it to him. Is this seriously the best we have to offer as far as candidates go? This midterm has been embarrassing for the American people. Yeah. Vince, pro-abortion socialists make terrible senators, never mind pastors. Yep. Another texter saying here, BS, those kinds of ads didn't hurt John Fetterman, did it? No, <laughs> you're going to have Senator John Fetterman soon. <laughs> Gosh, I'm, But I think the point someone raised here about the quality of candidates, it really is an issue. You know, best... 
you know, bless Herschel Walker's heart. I'm sure he's a nice guy, well-intentioned. And, you know, part of me hopes that he makes it across the finish line. I, 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 I'll tell you what. He has really, really uh, not done too well. Just putting it that way. Vincent is so disgusting. A reverend would sink this low to hit Walker. <laughs> this surprises you? Ah, <laughs> uh, this guy. I'm I'm serious. Um, Warnock is. I mean, do you remember Jeremiah Wright? Well, Warnock's pretty much in the same category. Just keep that in mind. So you should not be surprised at all that what you get here. No surprise at all. Warnock says, God will forgive your sins if you vote for him. Jimmy out of Fountain Inn. <laughs> Vince, I don't care what the ads are. Warnock is a supposed pastor who supports abortion. Enough said. Yeah. If a white candidate is said about Horsha Walker, he would be labeled a racist for saying those things. Yep, this is it's open season. It's black against black here. That's really what you've got. Oh, what did you think? Early voting is already underway, and I understand the turnout has been extraordinary. And I don't know what that means. I really don't. There's polling that shows that Walker is up by a point. Um, but we're not going to know for sure until next week is when that election unfolds. Tuesday. Let's come closer to home. Speaking of candidates, and we're not going to have time to delve into this. What a shame. But we're going to talk about 2024 and one of the names floating out there as a possible candidate for president. It's not one of my favorites. This person is not on my list at all. Nonetheless, the speculation is there. And you'll get to hear from this person who is contemplating throwing a hat in the ring. So we'll delve into that and much more on tomorrow's broadcast, as time permits. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.